Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. I'm Aaron. I'm Brent. And today we are going to talk about worms. <laughs> Totally wasn't supposed to happen. Um, Have you ever gotten that right? That's, to this? Well, I thought I had it figured out, but I was incorrect. Can we just leave that playing? <laughs> that's the music for the quiz later on in the show. Oh, oh. No. okay. Back on track. Here we go. Today we're joined by a very special guest, Brent Dowdy, brother of Aaron, Patreon supporter, uh, VR enthusiast, board gaming aficionado, uh, and we're going to talk about worms. But we've got some really uh, exciting stuff to go over beforehand. We're going to start things off with this new background. If you're watching the podcast on YouTube, you can see that we are no longer in uh, post-game press conference Amigos land. We're now in an Amiga room. This room was rendered in VR, or not in VR, in computerized graphics. Wow. Thank you. CGI, get... <laughs> I think it's what you should for. Try not to get too technical, but uh, pretty Paul, colors. By, uh, by Paul Kitching. Um, this is not the same... Is that the Paul Kitching? Um, it's not the Paul Kitching. This is uh, this is another Paul Kitching. There may be as many three as many as three Paul Kitchings in the Amigos scene. Uh, there's in the Amigos scene. In the Amiga scene. Oh, I see. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, <laughs> definitely <laughs> did, did not, not in our tell scene. you about the Technically, name the Amigos are in his scene. We're still yeah, we're still waiting for our, our scene to erupt. Um, so anyway, this Paul Kitching is the designer of many uh, awesome. Uh, CGI Amiga scenes. Um, he's done a lot of the work for Viva Amiga. He's done uh, different promotional events for the Amiga uh, for the Amiga in Norway or Netherlands. Um, here's some of his work. That's the Viva Amiga thing. This is one of his examples. He's got uh, this is the uh, I think it's an Amiga. Looks like an Amiga 2000 with uh, video toaster running. Uh, he's got. Uh, you know, an Amiga setup. I like the blinds and the light and everything. Yeah, that's very, awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea how you do stuff like that. So, Paul, you you're... Contact someone better. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Paul. Awesome. Yeah. So, I we really stunned. appreciate it. Um, and uh, speaking of which, uh, we also want to thank Zach because this scene actually appears in the Viva Amiga documentary. Um, cool. Viva Amiga is a new... We talked about that. Yeah, it's a oh, new yeah. film coming out soon. I think they're actually wrapping up production... And they're screening it at different film festivals, but it was a Kickstarter campaign, and um, and so we'll be watching it soon. We really appreciate uh, Zach Weddington for giving his permission for us to use this image uh, awesome. as our background. Yeah, I can't wait. Thanks, man. Uh, now it's time. Oh, and uh, I just want to list a couple sites here. If you go to AmigaFilm.com, you can check out Viva Amiga or Facebook.com slash Viva Amiga. So thanks, Zach, for that. Yeah, awesome. Turn off your close-up. Okay, I'll turn off the close-up. No one wants to see your nose. That's true. They're covering up the cool background. Yeah. Um, let's see. Next, we've got 
Paul Kitching, but this is the other Paul Kitching. Is he the? He's not the one that. Did this it. is not this Paul Kitching. Well, the real Paul Kitching, please stand <laughs> up. Uh, and we were talking about RoboCop's pirate dongle last episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it, we, it sounds so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> we said that uh, you know we didn't. We were pretty sure that there were still applications that still use dongles for security, and it turns out they're all. Paul said at his last job they used a lot of engineering software like electrical calculation. Uh, arc flash I don't know what that means but it's, it sounds complicated and he said that they had maybe four or five USB dongles plugged into servers and desktop PCs oh god what a nightmare so they gave licenses to the software for either standalone or network use mm. so uh, dongles are still a thing in the world have you ever something seen something to add to that uh, two years ago was the end of the dongle era where I worked Really? Just yes. two years ago? Two years ago. They finally got rid of their last piece of software that used dongles. Wow. So you were, <laughs> for the majority of your career, you worked in Never touched dongle. them. Really? Never touched Because if you unplug them, this is, I'm not sure if this is all true of all software dongles, but if you unplug those things, it is a nightmare to get them to sync back up mm. to work properly. Mm. So it's one of those things where once you plug it in, you just like duct tape it to the it port. Is, so. it, we had a, our quick story. We had a server go down, or not a server, a workstation go down that had that software on it. Uh, the dongle, when we plugged it back in, would not load its drivers properly. The software, now this is, I work for a pretty big organization. Uh, they were down for a year and a half for that computer to do its thing because of the software dongle, and they couldn't update it. Even after contacting the manufacturer, the manufacturer sent a new key after new key after new key, year and a half, and they had to change OSs for it to work again. Holy Crazy cow. stuff. Dongles suck. Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. Um, we got some news. A couple uh, months ago, we talked about the Kickoff 2 World Cup. Yeah. Well, it's time. It's that time of year for the Sensible World of Soccer World Cup. Nice. Yeah, so this is just... Uh, I didn't hear about this. Coming, awesome. Coming right off the hills. Who's at my door? It's a mystery guest. I bet it's Chad. I it, could it's be, it could be Chris Folds. Yeah, could be. Thank you, audience member. <laughs> um, so, uh, Sensible World of Soccer. Uh, they're having a World Cup. It is on my notes somewhere. Uh, <laughs> they are going to do... Let's see. It's right there on the screen. It's going to be in Almelo, Warner Brook in the Netherlands. I'm sure I said all that right. August 20th and 21st. Uh, it's been held since 2004, which Woo! makes it a little bit newer, I think, than the kickoff two World Cup. But it's still that's still going strong for 12 years. Yeah, indeed. Um, there's actually a site, sensiblesoccer.de, that um, where you can go and they actually have updated rosters for all the games and everything. And so uh, that's that sensible world of soccer. Um, you know, uh, having seen us play last week, do you think we should enter this? You know, I think that we have a good... You wouldn't believe all the comments that we got on YouTube. I, yeah, I heard a lot of people tell me how many open <laughs> shots we missed. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're not good. Yeah, that's... Thankful you scored a goal for and against yourself. That's so. true. That's true. Um, so, uh, up next, we've got... What do you think when you think about... What do you think when you think about Kanye? Kanye West. Yes. Yes. What do I think about yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, just another guy. Another guy. A couple decent tunes. What if I told you that he was an Amiga user? I would. That'd be cool uh, for music purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not surprised. He there's an interview with him where he talks about basically how the Amiga is what got him into music. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And he talks about using sampling programs and stuff like that. And uh, he actually goes fairly in depth. Like he wasn't just whistling Dixie. He mm-hmm. really was an Amiga user. Oh yeah, I'm not terribly surprised. Like I said, I I I've, I grew up with a musician who had an Amiga, and that, that's what he used it for. He used it, you know. So and he Kanye is probably about my age, maybe a little bit younger. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So uh, now we've got. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit distracted because Chad just came in. So now we've got the whole Amigos crew here for the first time. Chad, why don't you sit right there? Okay, you can sit right there, and I'll turn this camera towards you and put you on camera, too. Okay, I, I can't stay a whole long time, so... Okay. Uh, but, uh, sure. Okay. Um, up next, we've got an Amigos exclusive. All right. Okay. Uh, we have... And I'm going to post the whole interview on the site um, once this episode goes live. But Epic Skid Marks is coming. Epic skid marks, yeah. And uh, I talked to uh, Ed, the the actual the, the founder, the the original programmer of Epic Skid Marks, Amigos listener. Hmm. He left a comment on our our Twitter, I think on YouTube or on Twitter or something. And I said, hey, would you mind you know answering a few questions about Epic Skid Marks? And he said, sure. So he's he's based out of New Zealand, and he uh, are you, yeah, yeah. Oh, and um and uh, it's a uh, it's a beautiful Matakana village, about an hour north of New Zealand's biggest city, Auckland. And uh, his uh, his development company is called Modka Games. So uh, he says that Epic Skidmarks is in early stages of development. It's either going to run on the PC or it's going to run on Amiga with some sort of a PC. You're using you're still using the power of the PC, but you're able to play it on the Amiga in some way. Okay. And so the details are a little bit sketchy because they're they're still in the early stages of development. But he does say that Epic Skid Marks in VR is amazing. So there's definitely going to be a VR component. I'm on board for that. That's can you imagine? So but so it does look like it's going to be out for the 68. Yeah. X. And, it's and be... well, it says this is this is what he writes about that. He says as a project for Amigas with a TCP/IP stack, mm. Epic Skid Marks would overwhelm the CPU in the Amiga. Mm. Instead, we could look at running the game engine of Epic Skid Marks on a server in the cloud and simply using the Amiga as a simple input-output device, reusing the existing 2D sprites and bitmaps to display everything locally at 50 or 60 hertz. That's pretty heady yeah. stuff, there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but he says things are still kind of they're in the planning stages. And uh, but it's it's still pretty exciting. You know, I really liked Skid Marks a lot when we played it, and more is good. I mean, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah, and yeah. Glad to hear he listens. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad we liked the game. Otherwise, he might have came and came and come come looking for us. We've got some more news. This is uh, this is from Chris Folds, uh, who is now our favorite contributor of Amigos. Um, he sent in some, and he said that uh, there's an event in the UK on uh, June 11th which is coming up quick. We actually got this on the show in time, which I'm happy for. Uh, it's at the Center for Computing History in Cambridge. And uh, this guy is holding a launch event for the book called The Story of the Commodore 64 in Pixels. Have you heard of this book before? No, I don't think I've heard of this I book. think this was a Kickstarter. And it's one of those books where it's as much about the art as it is about the text. You know, huge pictures. And uh, there's going to be some pretty big names. Tell me if, you think, if you've heard of any of these guys. Ben Danglish. Yeah. David Pleasance. Yeah. Stu Cambridge. Yeah. 
There's some more on there too. Unpronounced <laughs> 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 um, dramatic pause. <laughs> um, That's but, not, those are some, those are good names. Though. And the Amiga tie-in is he's going to be launching the Kickstarter for his Amiga in Pixels book at the event. Sweet. Yeah. So Sweet. We'll, there's we'll some good art out there. Yeah. I wonder, wonder if there's a sample uh, of this book anywhere we can look at. I think there. There. I'm sure there's going to be a Kickstarter page put up. You know, at. This I mean, event. for the uh, Commodore. Oh, one. for the Commodore one. Where have we got any samples of that? Up. Oh. There goes our alarm. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> breaking in, trying to get our candy. Now, um, I have something to add to this. Uh, where I work, the Ohio branch, has a section in their cafeteria of Amiga-produced artwork from the local high school. The stuff is about 20 years old at this point, but they designed different things using the Amiga Art, different art programs for the Amiga, uh, even some early, early, early digital photography type stuff. Uh, amazing machine can do some. I mean, these were just high school kids, and they produced really solid stuff. You should take some video. Of I, that. I'm going. You know, well, or some pictures. That would probably get me fired. Oh, but outside of that, uh, uh, you know what? I will ask to see if I can get some of that, some pictures of that artwork, bring them on the show. Or you could just steal them. Uh, I, you know what? I probably could. Again, the whole losing of the job. Yeah, thing well, you know, involved. for candy. That's true. Lose your job for an awesome show. Go ahead. <laughs> um, let's see what else we've got. A lot of other stuff on here. Oh yeah, oh, keep it coming. So you know, um, Darwin Meredith wrote in, and uh, he was talking about our Last Ninja Remix episode. Yes. And uh, what a game! He said that. Uh, he said it had great graphics and music. He played on the C64. He was totally impressed with it, but when he got to the river, he could not jump the stones to make it across. Does that, that sound familiar? familiar? Yeah, that sounds real familiar. Yeah, so that was the end of that game for him. Uh, so thanks, Darwin, for writing in. I'm glad um, I'll tell you ones. I've got big news oh, from wow. our iTunes reviews we segment. Got- Last week we had a little bit of embarrassment because we asked for iTunes reviews the week before and then forgot to check. Uh, and by we, I mean me. But this week I did check, and we have two Snap. iTunes reviews. Are they good? They are good reviews. Oh, hey! So we want to thank Whiteout Labs and Ninja Rob. Ooh, Whiteout Labs. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Ninja Rob. That's good, yeah. Thanks, guys. Are you out of here? Yes. All right. See you, Chad. Thanks for coming by. At least come over here and look and yeah. get on camera and peek in so they'll know you were here. <laughs> we did our studio. Look, there he is. <laughs> yep. So got something over there it's an early birthday present oh boy thank you man it, it's, it's a show of gifts it's, it's awesome yes. yeah just to uh, let people know it's uh it's a it's a rare golden age comic that is called the um hold on i'll read the name of it real quick Let's bring it over here man sure uh i, I got it because oh no subject, I, I think i've seen these the yeah. subject matter is very uh very have a piece of candy for the road golden age comic it's cool. one of the, it's one of the uh History, yeah. Based now, comics. I am of the Catholic persuasion, so I will definitely enjoy reading uh, it, the truth behind the trial of Cardinal Mainzinski. It's from 1949, uh, and uh, there's a there's a book called E. Gerber, uh, or there's a guy called E. Gerber that he can he publishes a book that says this is one of the rarest and most significant books of the Golden Age. It's just not very collectible so it's not worth a lot of money but right but it fits those other two criteria awesome nice all right well thank you very much chad chad Chad, everybody (laughs) all right back to the news we've got um let's see this is huge okay so we've had the saga of how to hook up the amiga 500 to um, a modern monitor 
Mm-hmm. Mission uh, accomplished, mis- by the way. Yep, mission accomplished. There was an easier way. <laughs> thanks to thanks to Eric Nelson, who lives in California, not in England, as I always thought. Hmm. Um, he uh, there is basically all you need is a SCART uh, a SCART cable, Amiga SCART cable, right? And then they make an adapter that costs like thirty bucks. That's SCART to HDMI. Yeah, I know about that. Uh, and then you just go HDMI to VGA. Yeah, but we don't have a SCART cable. We don't have a SCART cable. Well, how much could a SCART cable be? They're they can cost a few bucks once you have them sent in from England. More than those diodes? Yeah. It'd be quicker, probably, maybe. I don't know. So anyway... I, I thought that'd be an improved picture, too. Yeah, yeah well, the, the, the picture we've got now is pretty good. It's, it's But it, as far as the amount of wires and soldering, <laughs> uh, much, I bet much it looks. I bet it looks safer, <laughs> yeah. if nothing else. No one wants to see you hooking a SCART cable with an adapter. They want to see me get in there with a the solder That's iron, true. blowing stuff up, That's bad true. science. It made, it made me dying. Yeah, you know? it made for great TV. I got more of that coming. <laughs> so thanks, thanks, Eric, for, for uh, yeah. pointing that out to us. And what makes this cool is that, uh, you know, I always stayed away from buying systems like the ZX Spectrum because I didn't have a way to output them. But this works for any system, mm-hmm. you know, because SCART is not you know, dependent on. Yeah. I wish we had SCART. Our, our output's garbage mm-hmm. compared to SCART. Yeah. SCART's great. You guys yeah. are lucky. Yeah. So uh, that's our that's our feedback section. Uh, we also kind of move through our news section, too. I've got a little news on top of that. All right, Mr. let's Bo. hear it. Uh, well, we probably well, might as well start with the breaking news, right? That CinemaWare has apparently been, per- uh, their, I guess the rights to their games have been purchased. Oh. Uh, a company out of Switzerland, I believe it was. Or Sweden. 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 Stockholm. Uh, they were called what, Star, Star Breeze. They picked up all the CinemaWare titles. I think they paid a cool six hundred grand uh, in cash. We actually don't know if that's true. No, that's that's what has been reported. It said in cash. It said in cash. It okay. absolutely did. So it was all cash. It was a cash deal, and uh, apparently the company has no plans to remake these things. But what they're going to do is. Uh, do something with the CinemaWare stuff in VR. Brent, you're a big VR guy. What do you think love of the VR. idea of that idea? I would love to play Wings in VR. Mm-hmm. What yeah. about, like, see, it came from the desert or some of their more cinematic titles? Uh, well, more cinematic than Wings? Yeah. I mean, some of those <clears> put you in a film. Oh, yeah. Okay, I understand what you're saying now. Um, I think it has high potential, and I think it's a hot market right now. Mm-hmm. Uh where you can, instead of relying on old fogies like us, knowing the titles, you know, knowing the history, you can introduce it to a new audience or a younger audience by saying, look, this is a VR title. And, you know, most of them are going to play it and not look backwards, but some might. Yeah. Which it, is always good. And especially with something like Defender of the Crown. Oh, yes. Almost anybody of a certain age has memories of playing that and memories of you know, now I can play it, like, when I looked at the box, what I thought it was going to be like, you know. It, yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way, but that does make it, I mean, to be part of a film, and they, I mean, CinemaWare did have the concept down pretty well to adapt that stuff forward, it might be a good idea. Yeah. You know, and 600 grand is nothing. No. no. Nothing. I wish I to had get a bunch the, of money. I bought the hell out of that. To get yeah. the whole, they got the whole shebang, yeah. right? Yeah, they got, Waste as everything. far as I can tell, they got everything. That's a steal. Yeah, it's absolutely. Steal. So, now, uh, we talked in the pre-show a little bit about it. This may be why we haven't heard from our, our guy in CinemaWare for a while. And also, I don't know if it's anything, anything to do with the fact that they still haven't shipped that uh, uh, director's cut of 
defender of the crown. I don't know if that's going to happen oh, anymore now. Yeah. I, you, you think that, or do you have any knowledge? I don't have, just, well, I, I checked last week, and it still had not shipped. Well, you know, the thing about it is, I mean, they, they, they took pre-orders on it, right? Yeah, but pre-orders can be refunded very easily. Yes. I, well, I bet they haven't collected money right. for it. Yeah, so, well, <clears throat> anyway, interesting news for, uh, down that road. Uh, one more, a couple of little uh, little uh, tidbits. Um, there's a game I, I read about. It's uh, called uh, Theasis 12. Uh, it's been described as a cross between Silkworm and R-Type. Oh, I know you love Silkworm. Love Silkworm. And you probably are in R-Type or Silkworm 1, surely. Is that a, is that a horizontal Okay, shooter? he's never played them. I don't know. Oh, no, that, you are correct. R-Type. I played R-Type. R-Type. Well, I love both those games, and I really love Silkworm. I know he's a big fan, too. So, this I haven't got to try this out yet. We'll put a link up. Uh, I think it's like a... It's just like a playable Silkworm's like level. Ladybug, right? No. no. Silkworm, you, oh, please tell me you actually know what Silkworm is. I actually, I, seriously, I don't know. I don't know. You can choose between is. the helicopter or, or the Jeep. Jeep. No, and I've you, never played you it. You play together. And this is an arcade? It was really an arcade, arcade yeah. game? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. It's a, and Amiga's got a, got a good port. Four, maybe? Okay. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm going to check that out. More, more, I'll probably have more about that next week. Um, one little tidbit I found out. And if, again, this is that gray area that we always talk about on the CD32 when they make these compilation discs. But they have converted Walker to the CD32. Uh, Walker was a pretty neat game. DMA design, right? Yeah, uh, we haven't done Walker yet. We should put that on the list. Um, <laughs> the controls are. You remember Walker? I do not. You move with the keyboard and you use the mouse to move the turret, and you shoot with the mouse button. So you can. The thing looks sort of like an an ATST. You walk along, or the thing from RoboCop, the, mm-hmm. the E uh, something. This is a, a. Is it like a mech game? It's a side scrolling. Yeah, it's more oh, like okay. shoot, shoot flunkies and fight <clears throat> Vegas. The uh, like I said, I like the original game quite a bit. The again with these uh, these CD32 uh, compilations, uh, use them at your own peril or your own conscious. They are probably unlicensed, uh, but uh, I don't think anyone's gonna come after you. But uh, we'll, we'll link it up. And uh, so, see, actually, if you have a CD32 right now, which I do, uh, you're living the good life because there are tons and tons of these copies. Every week they come out. out. Every yeah, week. it's great. So keep them coming. Um, Unofficially. Yeah. <laughs> I actually own Walker, so I can get away with it. We've got a ton of site updates this week. Uh, of course, Dreamcatch has been busy, like yeah. always. <laughs> yes, he's put some good stuff up this um, week. He's got a history of the light gun. Yes, that was good. Big I article that. on that. A uh, big article about why the Amiga never really had a mascot, uh, judging from an interview by David Pleasance. Um, and he's got, he just put this up here, uh, a retrospective on the first Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles yes, game. Yes, I saw that pop up. I haven't got to read it yet, but it looks great. Yeah, the first time I ever saw Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles was, I was in Yorkshire, and I went to a library, and they had a video game exhibit there. And they actually sold a, I think they sold a Nintendo, an NES, that was a pack-in with, with Turtles. It was either that or just the box. But it definitely says Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. That's what they're called there, right? Well, yes. it was for the first game. And then after that, they were just like, who cares? Wasn't it something weird, like Ninja was too yeah. violent? Yeah, Ninja, if you put Ninja on a game, well, you're just going to take, everybody's going to take shurikens and just start. <laughs> it seems like they should have taken Teenage <laughs> off there as well. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so... Well, that... mutants okay. <laughs> well, most mutant hero, just go with it. <laughs> so, um, 
and then he also, if you if you want to laugh, check out Amiga Flake cereal. I That's saw the- that <laughs> and scratched my head in a vain attempt to understand. That's wacky. We have several new Amigos plays um, videos up on YouTube. Indeed. I just want to qu- give you quick reviews on each one. The first one is uh, Scooby and Scrappy Doo. So this was uh, this was a budget release, which I was surprised to hear about. Um, it is basically a normal side-scrolling platform. Uh, you don't you don't need to go out of your way. I heard Chad say he really liked that. Well, we Thanks, both are, we both are kind of uh, Scooby Doo history aficionados. I like Scooby. I hate um, Scrappy. I'm right. one of those people. Right. Well, you're one of all people. Oh. So. <laughs> Here's a quick tidbit about that. Right? Okay. Um, I was watching. Um, uh, uh, what was I? I was reading an article. I'm trying to think of who it was. The uh, Scooby. Did you ever see the Scooby Doo live action movie? They made several. The first one. Okay. No. I have. Go on. I'm trying to think now. I've, I've done walked myself into a corner. The actor, I'm, I'm trying to think the, the actor that was going to, there was an actor that was going to be in it. I'm trying to think of who it was. It's killing me here. It'll come to me. But anyway, he wouldn't do the movie because he was a big Scooby-Doo fan. He wouldn't do the movie strictly on the basis that Scrappy was in it. Good man. And so his part ended up going to Ron Atkinson. Black Adder, a.k.a. Mr. Bean. For him. I don't know if you know he was in it even. He had a bit part in it. But, uh... So someone really stood their ground on that. <laughs> Interesting. One. See, yeah. those are morals I can get behind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although they did abuse Scrappy, and as I recall, so I don't got a problem with that. All right. Uh, we also played Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends Pinball. I'd actually have played this with my son. So this was probably the most surprising game of the bunch because I was expecting it to be totally awful, and it turns out it runs on the same engine that all those dice pinball games do. Yeah, it, it's not a bad machine. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. Simulator machine. Now you have to adjust the table height a little bit because it's hard to get, it's hard to get the ball up to the top of the table without doing that. But it is surprisingly confident. Yeah, I played that. Like I said, me and my kid played it, and we, we both thought it was pretty cool. So I was surprised to see you and Chad play it. Yeah, <laughs> you guys played a lot of wacky stuff. Yeah, uh, I play Speedball Two on the real Amiga Five Hundred. Beautiful, and I'm proud to say that I emerged victorious. I saw. I beat the computer. Nice work. It was the proudest moment of my Amiga existence. And finally, uh, just last night, I fired up Rick Dangerous. Yeah, I saw that. I have not ever played that. Not once. This is a um, it's kind of a side-scrolling uh, you know what it reminds me a lot of is a new game, Spelunky. Have you heard of Spelunky before? Brent's a big fan of Spelunky. So this is kind of it's kind of an original Spelunky. The the deaths are definitely more cheap than Spelunky is, but uh, it's the same sort of deal where you're moving through caverns and there's various things that are trying to kill you. Um, You should check that out, eh? Yeah, (laughs) it's uh, there's there's Rick Dangerous two and three. I'll be checking those out soon too. I've always heard good things about that series. Again, I've not played them. so that's that's the site updates this week. Oh no, we've still got a couple more couple more quick things. We're finishing up our comic book reviews, uh, our comic book game reviews. So we got Doctor Doom's Revenge. Now, what can you tell me about the Shield of Captain America? It's made of a, a combination of adamantium and vibranium. Uh, it's a secret combination that they really never could reproduce allegedly, and this gives it its ability to absorb energy and. Now, what, what, what can break Captain America's shield? 
very little. I suppose someone with cosmic energy could maybe do it. Probably maybe. not puny robot lasers, right? Yes, I know you're going here. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the case in Doctor Doom's Revenge, where I was killed multiple times by puny robot lasers. I watched you guys play this, and it caused me pain. This is Great a game. Pain. This is a game you should stay away from. Are you sure they weren't? puny robot cosmic powered lasers <laughs> it could be i mean if you look at these robots they have they, they could be cosmic powered the big question is it was this captain america working for hydra oh it, it all comes that, maybe full it's not the this same was, shield this man. was when yeah. it all started i hate it <laughs> so stupid and then finally we played um superman the man of steel which is a very poor um what am i thinking of what game does that look like? The running Space Harrier. Game, yes. Space Harrier. It's a very poor Space Harrier. Thanks for I helping thinking, me out there. I was thinking G.I. Um, Joe on the oh, Commodore 64. Game. Yeah, it's a very poor Space Harrier ripoff where the goals are uncertain and, and you have all these superpowers and they're not very powerful. You know, I watched this and I actually thought it looked pretty good. If you want to give it a shot, maybe maybe you'll have a better I mean, it looked it. physically yeah. like I looked now, at it and like, that looks good. Now, which which version of Superman, how many, did he have the breath and the laser beam Yeah, he's got the breath, the... he's got the strength, he's got the eye beam, and he's also got these wing things. I wasn't sure what those were about. But uh, you switch between wing them. Things. Yeah, there's a wing thing up in the corner, and uh, I, I didn't know what that meant. There's also a weird time thing where time ticks by, like over the course of a day. But they never let you know what that's about. Of course, we don't have the manual. I'm sure the manual explains all that well, stuff. Well, Superman powers from the sun. Maybe at night he becomes weaker. That's true. That's true. Um, the time seemed to it seemed to go by in almost real time, though. So we'd be talking, oh. playing for a long time. Well, you know, <laughs> it, they encourage kids to go to bed. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So um, that was all of the Amigos Plays videos no, that we, you forgot we put why. up last week. What did I Mortal Kombat 2. Did I? Oh, Okay. I forgot to put up a graphic for Mortal Kombat 2. Let's talk yeah. about Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mortal Kombat 2 for the Amiga. I'll tell you the good things. The characters are rendered great. The animation is good. Um, the game basically goes through the same motions that the arcade game does, where you start at the top of the mountain, your little box slides down, you start playing. Uh, the moves appear to be there, but this is where we enter the bad part. Now, before I go into my criticisms, I will say that the game does offer a two-button option that, for whatever reason, we didn't turn on. So I might we might have had a better experience had we turned on the two-button option. And a keyboard option. I'm not sure about that. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure there's a keyboard option. Okay, we'll see later. Um, the game is random nonsense with one button. You approach the other player, you push the button, you might kick, you might punch. Who knows? And it basically turns into... Uh, Body Blows was kind of programmed, I think, for one, with one button in mind. So, uh, And it could be that some of the, the Mortal Kombat moves were altered to accommodate one button. Um, but, for example, you know, doing charge attacks where you charge one button and hit another button. I don't know how that would happen. Um, anyway, the game was not much fun when Chad and I played it. Uh, I know that Aaron is a big Mortal Kombat guy, and apparently he really likes this game. So, Aaron, well, offer your rebuttal. Well, I'm, I don't really like it, but given the limitations of the hardware, I thought it was a pretty good effort. Uh, I think there is a method to the controls. I know when I played it back in the day, I had a, I could play it fairly confidently. Uh, I thought it looked good, again, given the 
you know what you were working with I thought they did an excellent job the problem I had with it was the disc swapping was horrible uh, and the same thing with I mean, a lot of those games when you get into like uh, 7, 8, 10, 13 discs too much um, I haven't played this for many many years so I may be looking at it with rose tinted glasses but I thought it was a pretty good effort uh, on their part uh, given the limitations that's all I'm saying I like Mortal Kombat 2 as a game. I like the arcade game. Uh, I thought the uh, the Super Nintendo version was quite good, and uh, uh, so that's probably the and the PC version was outstanding. You know, so those are better. But I thought this was okay. Okay, okay. Well, we may uh, do a reprise of another Amigos plays Mortal Kombat 2 with Brent and Aaron here later on this evening. So check that out and see if those rose tinted glasses are in effect, or maybe they're they're not there at all. Considering that Mortal Kombat 2 is my all-time second favorite arcade game, I, I, I'm ready to go. It's your second favorite? Yes. What's your first favorite? X-Men vs. Street Fighter. Not bad. I don't think that appeared on the Amiga. Uh, probably not. I think it probably came out after 1994, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, not by much. So that's all the site updates. Uh, there's always, we try, I try and put up a video every single day or, you know, an article every single day. So, you know, uh, make sure you check out the, the site, amigospodcast.com. Plus, um, the, plus the Facebook uh, uh, site. Yeah, well, if you if you check the blog every day, you don't need to check the social media because it's all there now. That's true. Google Plus is a little bit different because Aaron puts up other news stories and stuff well, like I that. Well, I try to keep it consistent across everything, but I will say, I didn't get, I forgot to mention this last week. We have hit, we're over 50 users on our Google Plus page, which is, uh, if, you, if you're if you on Google Plus, no easy task <laughs> to, to even get that high. We've, and, we've, and we've went up a few more this week. So uh, if you are on Google Plus, if you're slumming on Google Plus, come on down. Uh, if you're on MySpace, mm, I can't help you. No MySpace presence. My MySpace got hacked this week, by the way. Did you guys get anything about that? I, I guess I still have a MySpace See, I have the same way. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. So yeah. I'll have to check that out because I need to deactivate that. Do we need a MySpace or... presence for our show? I don't think it's so. It's a retro show. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, well, we are the BBSs. <laughs> yeah. We are on Twitter. Uh, we've got just about 100 followers on Twitter, 96, I think. Uh, and uh, we've got you know tons of people on Facebook. Uh, we're just glad to have you wherever you are in social media. Just come on board. Right on. All right. It's time to talk about Worms. All right, let's talk about Worms. So, uh, Worms was uh, developed in uh, in Britain, Team 17, uh, and it follows a, a long history of these type of games. Uh, according to my research, Wikipedia, um, it <laughs> says uh, Artillery Duel was the first type of these games. All right. Uh, followed by Gorillas, which I played that one. You remember that one? No, I never played Gorillas. As I recall, you were two Gorillas. This, I think this ran. I think this was included in DOS. Okay, all right. And you, I think, as I recall, you two girls they threw bananas at each other. I think that's what it was. I remember playing it way back, and I think it seems like it came with DOS. Hmm. It was just an, like an executable or something like that, or a comp file. So yeah, I, that one. I, that's the first one I ever played. Was that one? Yeah. Um, and the one that I played is Scorched Earth. Scorched Earth. Yes. Yeah. That was actually one of the very first games that I played over at our friends the Lilies household mm -hmm. on their old Mac Plus, and that's what made me want to buy a Mac Plus, which I bought, and it immediately stopped working, and now it sits on the shelf as it sat 
for the past 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I really enjoy these type of games where you have, you know, different weapons and you hold down the button for a certain amount of time. Um, what else can you tell me about Worms? Well, Worms, <laughs> the funny thing about this game is that they took a, a, an existing concept and they they just expanded it to its natural conclusion. They basically uh, took the standard until like you talked about scorched tank or scorched earth. There was a there was like sort of a sequel called Scorched Tanks, mm -hmm. which moved a, moved that concept along to a certain degree. Uh, and then which again I remember hearing about these when they were coming out and how big a deal they were. And then. Uh, and then worms came out again. They just they basically it was very it was sort of in a weird in a weird way it was lemmings like in a way you've got cute little creatures, except bad things happen to them. <laughs> so but it, you don't feel too bad because they're getting mauled, but they're little they're little dead guys. They're you know it's 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 fun. they're worms. Yeah, it's not like uh, say uh, cannon fodder where you sort of feel bad when you're little so if these were little soldiers. This game probably wouldn't be that much fun. <laughs> well, yeah, and there's not blood gushing out of the worms right. when they die. Right, it's right. not nearly as graphic. It's very cartoony. Um, the uh, the guy that the concept for it was a, uh, came up with by, from a guy named Andy Davidson. Uh, I believe I read that he had submitted the game uh, for a, a programming contest in a yes. magazine. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, and he, he didn't win, <laughs> and so he took his concept and shopped it around, and. Uh, I blew it at a trade show. He chopped up to somebody, and they said, "Listen, you should take this over to the guys at Team Seventeen. They might go with it." And apparently, they bought it on the spot. Uh, the deal went together, and here it came, and Worms was out. Uh, and uh, I guess they probably added the little flourishes to it that made it a Team Seventeen style game. Mm -hmm. the, the the amusing parts and the yeah, the wacky sound effects and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Before even making it to Team Seventeen, uh, this Worms, the concept of the game was actually shopped around a lot. Uh, many publishers had their chance to get a hold of it. Many developers had a chance to get a hold of it. All of them turned it down. Uh, I think it went to. I think I read it was something like five or six people. You know, presentations went forward uh, without success. Huh. This was a very late release for the Amiga. I think this was released in '95, right? It was it was pretty late in the game, uh, ninety five, and then I believe uh, they I think they released like the remix version a little soon after. Mm -hmm. So even they were real late. I mean, think about ninety five. The Amiga was Commodore was out of business. I'm trying to think if I still had mine in. Uh, boy, did I still have mine in the I'm not sure I even had the Amiga anymore, which is why I never played this on the Amiga. Mm -hmm. Now, I I had played one of some of its several sequels. I knew it, you know, where they came from, Team Seventeen, but uh, yeah, this was late in the race. But you know, you can tell it looks good and polished. Yeah, um, this was actually I don't know if you remember this, Brent, but you actually gave me a uh, liberated copy of this game on I think it might have been ten discs. It seemed like it was many many discs, and that wouldn't happen to have been my college days, would it? Oh, it might have been. <laughs> Actually, this you were still in high school, I think. I think this was sometime before before you graduated, or it might have been your freshman year of college. It was sometime around Either there. Either way, I was poor. And this is where <laughs> I was trying to, you know, in the old days, you'd go on the where, the, the wares sites. Oh, yes. And you'd, you'd instigate these trades. M-I-R-C. Yeah. And uh, when I instigated the trade, 
and the data started to come in, I immediately saved it to like I was gonna I was gonna I, I remember this exactly. I was trading it for some version of Monopoly. And as it was coming in, I was like, <laughs> I'll save it on a disc. And then I grabbed one of the worms discs and immediately started no. saving it and out and then it was all over. It was a terrible experience and I never tried it again. So um but Worms the game itself I played a ton of the first Worms. Oh yeah, the first one, yeah. I, not me, but I, I played its sequel. The one for me, the Worms that I played the most is Worms World Party on the Dreamcast. Mm. We had, uh, I would have huge house parties. I'm mean, this sounds ludicrous, but it's it's a fact. And we would sit around playing Worms World Party, you know, for ten hours. We'd play the hell out of this game. We'd of course be drinking and stuff, but. Uh, we just play, we loved it. We yeah. loved this game. We you could play really... four people on it, right. which that never really changed. You could play multiple people, and uh, you know, really, it's funny how much if you look at the first one, and you look at some of the the further iterations of it before it went three D, they just they added some weapons, they made some more customizations and stuff. They kind of spiced it up, but I mean, it's pretty much the same game. Yeah, the same kind of stuff happens. And, you right. Know, we haven't really talked about what the game is i mean we know it's a scorched earth kind of thing but go ahead if you're not familiar with any of these types of games you have you know that the play field is very large relative to your player size large enough that you can fit i think there's four worms on each team and you can fit four teams of four worms so 16 worms on this 2d plane you know it's a side view thing uh the environment is entirely destructible so if you're standing in front of you know a place where the environment comes up, you can blast right through it. One of the great things about worms is that they have so many creative ways of showing the environment. And this is really where it deviates and it improves on Scorched Earth. Scorched Earth was basically just you know a plain color background. Where worms, they have a London environment where there's you know phone booths sticking out of the ground. Uh, there's a sea environment uh, where there's like anchors and stuff like that. There's in space, anything you can think of. And on each additional sequel, they added more and more to it. Uh, there's also a huge variety of weapons in Worms that was new to this, this particular genre. Where before you might have three or four weapons in Worms, you start out, you might have 12 weapons. Yeah. And they're fully customizable. So you can say, well, I want to play with bananas this time, but I don't want to use machine guns or something like that. And the weapons are all different enough that you can use them i mean like you you never get bored because you know say you're you're using cluster bombs well you can use a banana bomb which is kind of like a cluster bomb except you know they bigger they, they, yeah bigger and they they boomerang out a little bit more um there's funny weapons in this there's the holy hand grenade from monty python there's a sheep that explodes love the sheep um and as the games went on more and more of these elements were introduced into the game the game also featured the ability on the computer versions to change the sound files so if you wanted to you could record your friends saying funny little clips and then when a worm dies it'll say oh i'm dead and it's your buddy saying it it's hilarious it is and so that was something that made worms really unique uh, I don't know. I want to say that they actually sold sound packs for this game. Maybe they were only available in kind of fan-made things, but I know I definitely downloaded a like a Monty Python sound pack for Worms. They might have just been uh, you know fan-made creations. The ones I had uh, on on World Party, it came with like a about ten or fifteen or maybe more little of, of different varieties of sound you know, mm. sound packs and they were all great yeah brent which version did you play the most uh the dreamcast yeah. definitely the same one that well that's what we had in college mm -hmm. so 
you know, that was something <laughs> we could get a lot of people around. Yeah. When did the Dreamcast come out? So, oh, boy. 98 or something like that? 98. Is that right? Does that sound right? Yeah. yeah, it was still new. My, my freshman year was the new thing to have. The really worms look pretty much the same on everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, that's like, I'm like, Brad, it's pretty much what I had at the time. Now, well, you say that, but the first worms game does look markedly different. Yeah, it absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the, the worms games after the first games, the worms were a little bit chunkier. They had a little bit more. Uh, well, they, they still managed to have a lot of personality even in the, in the first game. But the animation is definitely improved. Uh, they look more like worms. They were kind of stick-like in the first game. Yes. Um, or like uh, pipe cleanery. Right, pipe cleanery. That's a good. That's a good way to describe it. Um, so, uh, what's going on with uh, the resale value of worms? You know, this game is a, a, as common as, as I've, of anything as I've looked at. I had a quick look to see what they were going for. Um, there are, and again, I looked in the U.S. I will say there are plenty of these overseas too. Um, right now on eBay, there's there's a set shipped going for thirty four bucks. A, sh- a, a, a set you could get for forty bucks, and a set you can, and this is with the box, all nine yards. Some guy's selling one right now, sixteen bucks. Wow, that's cheap wow. as far as the, and that's shipped. Um, I looked for in you know, the past couple of months again, twenty to forty bucks seems to be the norm. They're everywhere. Uh, most of what I saw apparently was the you know the original version. I, I I never I haven't tried the AGA version, and apparently there's a CD32 version which I haven't seen that one either. The one I was playing was the the original. Um, I also heard that the uh, I believe there's a version called like the director's cut. Right. And apparently it was very limited release, like a five thousand. Uh, I think I read. Uh, uh, so those might be worth more. Uh, these just looked like plain Jane. I didn't see anything that differentiated them on. Uh, on the uh, on the box that differentiated them from anything else. It just looked like the original versions. Uh, but uh, uh, So you can get this if you want it. Uh, I played it uh, on the 1200 this week. No problems. You know, it worked fine. I like the fact you can edit the team names. I always like that. And, uh, I mean, the customization for it's fun. It also, when you've got 16 people, I've, I've literally, I've had games where I had 16 people playing. Wow. And and yep. you had to have it helps if you have their name in there, you know that means because you know that's, that's how you keep track. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's easy to screw up when you don't pay enough pay attention. Blah blah blah. You're up. Oh, I got to get to the controller. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, we would have and fist fights and throwdowns over this game were abundant. And it's particularly if two guys developed the vendetta. And this game, I mean, think of how many how many games do you know about? Because even the first one, you could play you could play four players. Uh, uh, how many games do you know about that that had uh, that much expandability? You know that are that old. Mm-hmm. That are that are you know that you're not. It's not, I mean this is not something you play over email. This is you know right there on the spot. And it, it's fun, right? You know, um, which is probably why they still make it today. Yeah. Well, you know, I know this isn't a, wor- a worms retrospective, but just while we're just because I like to talk about it, what do you think of the 3D worms? Uh. It's not a game that lends itself to 3D, in my opinion. It's funny because I read it. I was reading an article on on Worms, and I, I saw a, I saw a headline here or a, or a blurb uh, from uh, someone on the Team Seventeen uh, team named uh, Debbie Bestwick, and it said Worms was written off as it launched when three uh, when 3D graphics were becoming standard. It showed that amazing gameplay would always win. I agree with that statement, but. I have not liked any of the 3D worms. I th- I've not liked a single one. 
I'll, I'll be honest with you. Well, no, wait a minute. <clears throat> Are you including where they had more depth in their no, background and no. stuff? So you're you're saying strictly the yes. Okay. But behind the behind, behind the wire, it yeah. did not lend itself well to that to that, uh, and I don't think anyone wanted that. Really, I don't. I don't think I've ever had a single person that. Well, I don't think way. anybody. You know, any game that says 3D, any game with 3D in the title, it's bad news. Well, sometimes you can get away. Like, uh, uh, I okay. like like Xevious 3D wasn't bad. There's a few that are okay. Those are just those are not real 3D games. So that's like uh, rendered. What about like Star Fox? That doesn't have 3D in the title. Right, but I mean, it's the same basic bear, and it's a 3D. Well, no, I'm talking about if a no, game yeah. says blah, 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 3D. Which has got to be more well, than one. Well, that that's kind of like saying, you've known us in 2D, here's our 3D right. rendition. Exactly. Which, the thing which is, I some, agree is, some games you could pull that off. Worms is a particularly difficult game to pull off in 3D. Give well, yeah, it. because you need to have a huge field of view. Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, of course, that never happened on the Amiga, but... The, uh, the 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 way I've got worms of the Wii and through and the 360, you know, so I'm still a big worms guy and I still like to play it, but uh, I stay away from the 3D ones like that. This mm-hmm. was the, the the original worms was the concept that you stuck with. That was the good stuff. They rode that pony hard, that's for sure, and they're still riding it. You know, I've got it on Steam. <laughs> you know, you can play it online. It's great. Seven eight versions on yeah. Steam. Yeah, uh, worms pinball. I got that. You know, so I love worms, and it, this is where it started. And, mm-hmm. and there's a reason why it, it caught on. It's a it's just a fun game, you know, and it's it's got a lot of replayability. It's never the same game twice. Uh, some people are better. It's I mean, some people have this acute ability to lob stuff perfectly with the wind. And yeah, and some people have the ability to. I was always a rope guy. I was a good rope guy, right? Some people are great with the rope. Some people are great with a jetpack. Some people are great with. The machine gun or shotgun getting double shots off, you know, it's a, uh, and so you can specialize and it's fun, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you can let a kid play it, you know, so it's not violent. It's got that right. cartoony stuff. The intros and stuff are always funny, so you know, this was the one that kicked it off. Again, you, there are there were some differences between this and the, the worms going forth, but overall, I thought it was a, a stellar game. Yeah, here's I something agree. to consider: how many games? Now, I mean. They almost had to take it, at least a, in my opinion, they had to take a shot at doing something in 3D because that's what everyone was doing. But how many games can you think of that took that step into 3D, realized it was a mistake, took it back to 2D, and retained its popularity? I mean, normally when you make a, a, a misstep that heinous... I will tell you that game, Castlevania. Castlevania went into 3D. They realized it was a terrible idea. Then they made Symphony of the Night, and it was awesome. That's very true. There, there aren't many. There's not many though. I'm not sure. Is Worms still pretty popular? It's popular enough to have 18 versions on Steam. Yes. I don't know if it's like it's definitely not. You will Call still of Duty numbers. you will still find popular streamers on Twitch who will get their buddies together play Worms Armageddon is usually what they play, and pull in 30,000, 40,000 viewers. Wow. Hmm. So now some of that, of course, is you're They'll getting, watch you're getting yeah, popular yeah. streamers mm-hmm. together, but it still has to be engaging enough. Oh, yeah. And it is, because it, it is a very spectator-friendly game. Yes. You can, when somebody's, when somebody's pulling back that, you know, they're 
charging up that meter to throw their grenade, and you're sitting there going, oh, no, their angle's wrong. It's going to hit the lip. That's the kind of thing that makes it perfect mm -hmm. for a Twitch-type environment. You, yeah. you bring up a great point. How many games outside of fighting games, I guess this technically you could call it a fighting game, how many games outside of fighting games are fun to watch? I mean, just fun to watch people play for oh, hours. Oh, I think there's a lot of games that are fun to watch. People well, play. in a party atmosphere. Oh no, that, I mean like a bunch of people sitting around in a room, like watching. in a, couches and drinking, having a good time, and you can any, watch guys. Any, like you said, you know, I think anything that is head head to head, you know, like uh, warlords might be fun to watch. Something like that. Anything that's that's head to head battles would be is fun to watch. I think something that helps worms is first of all, it's simple to understand. Kill mm -hmm. the other guy. As a, from a watching perspective. Second of all, uh, you can root for someone, and when they die off, you can root for someone else. It's it, you're, you know, you're definitely not locked You're in. not heavily invested in one team. Um, and another thing is if you've got so many people that want to play, if you've got six people that want to play, you can enjoy watching the match until it's your turn. Play and still be happy to watch someone else play again until it's your turn. The games aren't long, but they're not short by any means. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to hold people's attention span like that. Yeah, I think you've got a good point there, Aaron. I think that aside from fighting games, this is probably the game that's the most fun to watch people yeah, play. It's the, and it's, actually, I'd rather watch people play Worms than most fighting games. This anyway. is the ultimate party game, in mm -hmm. my opinion. And, and the thing is, uh, they didn't deviate far from the original. I mean, going forth. I mean, that's they, they got their concept. Mm -hmm. It makes me happy that Team 17 is still rolling along. They, I mean, the grand. They've been milking this thing for a while, but uh, hey, if you're gonna even milk the Simpsons are like, man, are you kidding me? If, if you're gonna milk something, this is hey, what a property, right? Yeah. It keeps yeah. on giving, and, and and I don't know how far along Worms were a party was, but I've also got uh, one for the Xbox. Like I got one for the Wii. We play them; they still play great. And this is how many iterations for it? You know, five, six, seven, ten. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Hey, if they keep making good ones, I'll be there to buy them. Right, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so now we have something very special. Brent is going to uh, give us a little, this is a Stump the Presenters section. Brent is going to uh, give us some Worms trivia. So he's going to lay out all the rules. I'm going to cue the music. All right. I didn't do too well the last time I did cue the music and did the trivia. So here's how it's going to play, gentlemen. Uh -huh. I'm going to give you the question. Uh -huh. Even if you know the answer, set tight. We want the viewers or, and the listeners to both be able to, to have their input on this, too. All right. Uh, virtually speaking. Uh, I will give you the question. I will give you four multiple-choice answers. Okay. Good. And then I will let you talk among yourselves. So we're a team. You're a team. Okay. Now, if you, if you absolutely positively disagree, you can duke it out and see who wins. We'll use the uh, we'll agree. We're going to use the abracadabra method on this bad boy. <laughs> you know so I'm actually going to... I have That's one right Worms-related question right. and then three others. All right, go ahead. So I'm going to start with the Worms question. CU Amer Amiga Magazine gave Worms an impressive 94% mm -hmm. and foresaw the game doing well after comparing it to what previous game? All right. A... Cannon Fodder from 1993. B. Lost Vikings from 1992. C. Civilization from 1991. Or D. Lemmings also from 1991. 
I'm, I'm going to go with Cannon Fodder. That was my think? first choice until Lemmings came up. It's Roy. Which one has it got more in, in tune with? I guess it's got more in tune. Well, it's kind Lemmings of... had a multiplayer version. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm going to go with Lemmings. All right. Lemmings. The answer was Lemmings. All right. <clears throat> the magazine compared the sprites to worms and the sprites to Lemmings and said that they were both cute graphics. Mm. Uh, they also said that the game was appealing to all ages and both sexes, male and female. That's Very all, true. I hadn't thought about that. Very You're right. True. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Amiga Magazine also claimed <coughs> that both games had relatively simple but engaging gameplay. Yeah. All things we talked about, all things I think we can definitely agree on. Yeah. I think they hit it right on the head. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we're one for one, brother, right there. Yeah. yeah. Also, 94%. Tremendous score. Yeah. Tremendous well, score. Again, awesome. It was a game. tremendous game. Also, in 95, they were probably giving scores to anything that moved. <laughs> well, <laughs> they that's. Can, they were very limited releases. Yeah, no for kidding. See you, Amiga Magazine, was actually heavily invested in Worms. They This was not their uh, only story about it. They had featured the game many, many, many times. Uh, again, what else are you going to fe- feature in 95? Well, uh, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Okay, now we're going to go off the rails. Now this is the uh, wide open category. Alrighty. What member of Star Trek The Next Generation was a developer for Amiga Software? Mm. Was it A, Brent Spiner, who played as Data, B, Gates McFadden, who was Beverly Crusher, C, Will Wheaton, which was Wesley Crusher, or D, LeVar Burton, which was, of course, Jordy LaForge. It's got to be C. It's got to be Will Wheaton. Yeah, I agree. You're going Will Wheaton. Yeah. You're correct. It was Will Wheaton. Uh, he worked on Video Toaster 4000 by New Tech. Uh, he didn't actually program any of the software, uh, but he did get credit for both production testing and quality control. Mm-hmm. He was also uh, very influential in selling the product. He actually used some of his Star Trek fame to go out there and push yeah. the uh, it seems like I remember seeing him in, It seems like I remember seeing him in some like ads or something. Mm. That's why I, that's why I, I met Will Wheaton. Oh, really? Yeah, they used to have a Star Trek convention in Charleston, and I went, I think, in 1994. Mm-hmm. He was there. What'd you think? I don't remember. He signed one <laughs> of my cards. I guess he was fine. He's a board gamer, you know. He, he is. is. Yeah. I think that was pre-board gamer. And he's an Amiga guy, so we love Will Wheat. We do. Yeah. Will, if you're listening, we'll take, come on down to Boats. Mm-hmm. We'll <laughs> have you on the show. Yeah. We'll allow it. Bring Felicia. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, okay, next question. Most Amiga fans know uh, about the A1000 case having the signatures of the design teams embedded in it. I had one of those. It was awesome. But what else is also embedded in the case? I know this one. <laughs> is it A? If you know the answer, we'll let we'll let Boat try. All right, I know it. <clears throat> is it A? A famous haiku that reads, "An old silent pond, a frog jumps into the pond, splash, silence again." And the reason why J Minor put that in was to reflect the release of new technology and how a company must always be pushing forward to not be forgotten. Is it B, in memory of, a dedication to Jay Miner's wife, Caroline Miner, who passed away eight months before the release of the Amiga 1000? C, the paw print of Jay Miner's cockapoo named Mitchie, who always was by his side? Or D, two small lines of code 
that J minor had that when you typed it into Amiga Basic, displayed a message of hello and thank you. Okay, I definitely know this one. I'm guessing Boat knows it. I don't know this one. All right, what are you going to take your stab at, Boy, John? I'm going to say A, because if you came up with all that on your own, you're one smart guy. Okay, now let, before, you, before you say anything, it's, it's C, the, the dog. It, in fact, is C, oh. Mitchie. Mitchie uh, the dog. Some, things of, some facts about Mitchie that are kind of fun. Uh, when J Minor worked at Atari... Mitchie actually had his own ID badge yeah, for wow. Atari. Any pictures you see of Jay Minor, Mitchie's always with him. Mm. Uh, it was said that Jay that uh, Jay Minor would actually run ideas past Mitchie before <laughs> making any important decision. How do you know if Mitchie liked it? That you know, that's a unspecified. <laughs> that's a tough thing to know. That, I, I think that's so sweet. I'm a sucker for that. I'm sorry. Well, I'm... this is going to kill you. Jay Minor <clears throat> he loved his dog so much. Part of his contract with Atari, Amiga, and Commodore, all three companies had to agree to this, to allow him to take Mitchie on site every day. Yeah, I knew he was on site. He was. That's how. I mean, that's that's yeah. I love that's it. Loving that your dog. I love it. I love it. Jay Miner's great. The dog was great. Just love it. And I love that part of the case with the little print on it. It's lovely. I knew that because I had the case, and I looked that at it. <laughs> I like the story about the haiku. I'll continue to believe that's the truth. <laughs> Where'd you get that? At, and, and just. Uh, just a little FYI, uh, Caroline Minor did not die eight months before they released the Amiga uh, 1000. I believe she died in 94. Pretty morbid, but yeah. <clears throat> All right, gentlemen. Uh, Aaron, you perfect score there. Well, I don't know if I'm not knocking you on that one. You blew it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I did about as well as you did on the soccer quiz on that one. <laughs> All right. Now for your final question. All right. Which could be either the hardest or the easiest. What is your favorite color? De- depending on uh, if you've covered this or not. All right. Before the Amiga 1000's release on July 23rd, 1985, the Amiga Corporation was attempting to raise money by designing and selling different games and different controllers for systems like the ColecoVision or the Atari 2600. Mm -hmm. One of these controllers worked by standing on the device (laughs) and then leaning in a direction to trigger switches on the bottom. What was the name of this device? Was it A... The Joy Board, B, the Rock and Roller, C, Power Platform, or D, the Footstick. We know this one. A. It's A. It is A. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Just a little bit of trivia on the Joy Board for people that might have missed that earlier. Uh, the Joy Board had no buttons, only directional pads. So you actually had to con- plug in a controller. You could, you didn't have to plug a controller into the front of it to use the button off the joystick. Um, two games were specifically designed for the joy board. That would have been the Mogul Maniac, which was a skiing slalom game, and Off Your Rocker, which was a Simon-style game where it would say, lean left, and you'd lean left, and it'd say, left, right, and you'd lean left and right. Hmm. Uh, there was a third game that was surfs up, that was in development, but was never released. That's a good idea, too. Pro- probably, well, it did not sell well. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, here's something really nifty. The Joy Board also worked itself as an inside joke on the early Amiga OS. The popular Guru meditation error was named from developers becoming frustrated at the frequent quiet crashes that the OS had, and to calm themselves they would stand on the joy board 
perfectly still as to not trigger any of the bottom switches. This zen-like activity was even considered for a game called Guru Meditation. Mm. Very interesting. Nice work. Good work on the research there. All right, Brent, thank you very much. Those were awesome questions. Hopefully, we'd like to have you back on the show whenever you're able to. Um, maybe Aaron's a little ambivalent about that. No, you're you all, did, you're you, all, did, you did good, kid. <laughs> um, and uh, that's it. We're going to close out the show next. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors. Uh, we've got Tom Treff, Jonas Rulo. You're ready for this. I've been talking to this guy, and I now know how to pronounce his name. Is this the fellow that donated specifically to hear you pronounce his yes. name? Yes. All right. Get ready. <clears throat> Colbjorn Barman. Wow. Oh, there you go. That's Pretty dedication. Good. Nice. I like that. Mark McDonald, Adam Bradley, Chris Folds, Will Williams, Daniel Begston, Zach Zimmerman, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. Woo! Same benefits. So, uh, if you'd like to sponsor the show, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. We'd sure appreciate it. And um, next week, we are going to do Flashback. Good, Good choice. Yeah, so I think. I haven't played that one for a while. We're all ready for rotoscoping. Ready for rotoscoping. I'm going to wear a shirt that says that next Is week. Is that what you, where do you get that one at? I, I don't know. I'll make it. <laughs> all right, guys. Until then, adios. Oh, beauty. It's oh. mail time. Oh, wow. It's so, a wide. This is a package from Chris Folds. Chris Folds. Oh, yes. Chris Folds lives in this town in England. How do you think you say that? Um, hold on a second. I can't see because of your finger. Uh, the Ford. Okay. Light. Yeah, there you Yeah, you, that's the city right Oh, there. okay. Um, Leicester? Okay, you want to give it a go? Are you kidding? I do well to pronounce my own name. <laughs> I almost said Hurricane. I was like, I look at the wrong thing. I was like, what are the odds? I'll go with Lee Eister. You actually pronounce it Lester, like Lester the Well, Unite. you know, that's, that was my second <laughs> choice. So, Thanks, Chris Folds. Yeah. Awesome. So we're going to open this up live on air. We're gonna, I hope it doesn't have a white powder in it. We're going to trigger our <laughs> I don't know. Up. I'd be up for that. Yeah. Make the Amigos a lot more fun. I don't think that's the white powder I'm talking about. Oh, anymore. weird. Hey, hey, I'm actually got immunity to anthrax, so. How do you figure? Uh, he rolled it when he made his character. No. <laughs> Uh, when I got sick a while back, they gave me something that would make me, oh. well, not immunity, resistant. I know what this is. Uh-huh. I knew as soon as I opened oh. it up. It's Chewits. Oh. <laughs> Chewits are not Starburst. They are we, different. We just talked about those, but in every, what, you accidentally cut it already? I accidentally cut it open when I was opening the back. All right. <laughs> Chew me up, brother. Oh, look at that. Pass them down. Here you go. All oh. right. Yes. Now, Chewits. It says a random mix of fruit flavor, chewy sweets inside. All right. Is that everyone's different? Like, I got pink. Yeah. That's what a random mix means. Mm. Oh, pineapple. I can't open mine. Here. What happened? I'll help you out. Yeah. I know how your hands are. Yeah. Um, there's a mixed selection of strawberry, black currant, which I don't even think occurs in the United States, fruit salad. Those are the three flavors. Fruit salad? Yummy, yummy. All right, hit Aaron up with a different one. Okay. Yeah, that, I pulled out a dud. Give me another one. Okay, I thought mine was pineapple, no. so I'm going to have to say mine was fruit salad. I think mine was fruit salad, too. What's the black one? Black currant. What is currant? 
It's, you know, I don't know. Electricity. If you're from Britain and you know what black current is... I'm going to guess licorice. Okay. That's, that's going to be my guess. We also have some Swizzles Love Hearts Dip. Oh. And this is a... Um, this is what's known in the United States as Lick M Aid. L I K M A or what? Fun dip. Fun dip, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, so, Love Hearts Dip. This is a orange sparkle, tangy raspberry, and zingy lemon. Flavor fizz dip. So, this is. Uh, we won't open this up right now because. Um, that would make a colossal yes. mess. But Still, uh, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Those are great. Man, I came on the right day. Yeah. yeah. Our listeners are very kind. Oh. Of Look at this. Oh. An, an Amiga pen. That's a beauty. That is a Let's beauty. Let's have a look at that, Dave. Look at that. Oh, very nice. Man, Chris Folds. It's getting it done. Thanks, man. There's a whole lot more coming. Next up. Wow, there's Bam. There's yeah. no picture of George Michael. No, I was going to say. say. The entire band in there. So this is Wham! Original, and it's suitable for vegetarians. Well, that's, you know. I like my candy to be meat-free. Me too. Most is this of the like time. taffy? You think? I think it's probably taffy. Um, Man, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna go nuts at this. This show. is a super fizz, tongue tingling chew bar. Oh, that's the fine print. I. It's a chew bar, eh? Yeah. Chew bar cobber. <laughs> I love the suitable for vegetarians. That's tremendous. And this is made in Britain, Candyland. You know they just closed down the chocolate orange uh, factory that we used to be in Britain. No chocolate orange, the thing you hit. Mm -hmm. It's a sad day. They moved over to Poland. So, it's good to know that some candy's still made. In we the got a year to eat this. We do. Man. Pass load it. it up. Okay, now. What is that there? The, the fruit salad flavor again. This is fruit salad flavor, raspberry, and, well, maybe fruit salad is like, it's <clears throat> telling you that there's many different fruits maybe, inside. Oh, okay. I was going to say, maybe it's like our fruit punch. Yeah, yeah. And it says raspberry and pineapple chews. I guess the, the brand of it is fruit salad. So oh, this is, interesting. Yeah, this is... Uh, Here, let's have one of those. Yeah, check that out. Um, Man, how did he get that much food in that little bag? I know, I know. Is there a portable <laughs> hole in there? It's like the TARDIS inside that thing. And we also have... This is... This looks scary. Oh, wait, I want that. This Here, is blackjack. This is aniseed. That sounds... That's what I want. Aniseed flavor. There are so many British words that I don't know, like Man. black currant and aniseed. Let's have some of that. I like the black candy. Man, is I can't believe that. <laughs> and finally, is there a child in there? <laughs> and finally, oh, we've got even more stuff. Okay, we're gonna do the candy first. So this is um, classic recipe refreshers, natural colors and flavors. So I don't know what these are. We'll open this up, see what it, analogous. I'm Chicken thinking maybe butter, sweet yeah. tarts. Yeah, this is like a sweet tart. Was that not clear though? Was it chalky? Yeah. Oh, it's fizzy. British people are crazy about fizzy stuff. I like that. All this stuff is fizzy. They're fine. They're fine folks. Oh. Man, this is hard. I'm going to hard sale in here. put that on cam. It's like Neapolitan ice cream. Oh. That's something, eh? That's really cool. These, you got to try these. These refreshers. Mm. It's like fizzy sweet tarts. This right here? Uh-huh. That's like candy crack. Okay, that's that's the black. That is the good magic eating. Jack. Yeah, Magic Jack, yo. I think that's a Billy Joel song. No, it's Captain That's Jack. Captain Jack. <laughs> this isn't going to get you high tonight, but it makes me happy. <laughs> All right, have a refresher. Mm. Here, get one of those while I'm chewing this up. Okay, the, next. Uh, this is the best episode mm. ever. <laughs> Something to uh, interject here. These two are soft, whereas the uh, 
the first one the that two was, were more starbursty, that mm, harder chew. Right. Okay. This okay. is like the Amiga Cultural Candy Exchange. It is. Except we this don't do like any This is a whole exchanges. other show. Let's just see our reaction. Oh, yeah. this is like that, that is busy. Yeah. busy. This is an Amiga metallic, or it's metal. An Amiga metal bookmark. It's branded. Oh, Amiga. wow. Where'd you get this stuff at? Yeah. Finally, That's... you get to bookmark or put that in your magazine so right. you can look up what you need. What'd you draw? <laughs> That's sharp, right. isn't it? Is, is that, that, is that laser etched or something? That's nice, isn't it? And then finally, we have more. a Boing Ball Amiga pen. Oh, there you go. That nice. is awesome. Wow, incredible. Chris Folds, you're a man among men. Mm-hmm. Lester is a more noble city for your presence in it. I'm just going to eat all this as we play, do the episode. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be great. <laughs> because nothing mm-hmm. podcasts like more than chewing. <laughs> mm. That's awful good. Did you try these? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're awesome. That's great. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Okay. So that concludes the mailbag segment. 